more music, more inspiration. Vuga Online. Welcome to Leadership Mondays. You won't believe who I have. I, I didn't think, Sunny, I'll actually be able to get you because, uh, and I think I say this about many of our guests on the show, uh, because many of our guests are like very busy people. And Sunny is busy. Uh, you'll hear when she shares her, 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 own, her own journey. Uh, she is sitting on some of the most important boards and does some most important work on leadership. But I was fortunate to meet Sunny many years ago uh, while I was studying for coaching. And we would connect and she would coach us and help us and supervise us in some of the processes. And I'm always, always, Sunny, very impressed at how you hold a space and hold leaders accountable and all of those things. So I'm already giving stuff away. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's wonderful to be here, and I'm I'm just thrilled to to be speaking yeah. to you and your yeah. to your so Doctor Sunny Stout Rostron. I think I usually start the show with a very cheeky question, and then we'll talk a little later. Uh, what gives you the right? Let's tell the listeners what gives you the right. Because I told I told a little bit of my story about you. What gives you the right to talk about leadership on on our show? So do you know? I think. Pretty much everybody has a right to talk about leadership. And I think one of the key things, and I thought about this when you first sent me some questions to think about, um, is that if everybody just takes the time to sit down and reflect, what have they done to date? They they might only even be 18. What have they done to date that has shown leadership? And if they sit down and think about, there will be a journey. And there are probably some patterns. Yeah. And so I think everybody has a right to talk about leadership. And so I think that gives me the right to talk about leadership. I like that. So I, I like wonder that. if I've answered your question. <laughs> well, you have. In fact, it has come out quite a, quite a bit as a pattern um, uh, uh, already in the conversations that as soon as people start looking back, they start realizing actually all of us have our own leadership work that we need to do. Uh, the, the, the real important job is to discover it and find it and do it. It's not some academic thing that's sitting in, in the books of Harvard or NCAT somewhere. It's something that you have. So tell us a little bit about the, your story about leadership in terms of how you got um, to where you are now. So I, I think it's always an interesting story for everybody. And when I started to think about it, you know, I always thought, oh, I sort of started when I was in high school, university. But when I thought about it a little bit more, I remembered what my mother had me do when I was eight, nine, ten years old, which was go around the neighborhoods collecting money for cystic fibrosis and Marie Curie cancer. And I had to have a a way of explaining it, you know, and I was a kid and I did it because it was for her sorority. It was for the church, you know, and And so I used to talk to people and help them think about what we needed to do for others. And so one of the things that I learned very young um, was that it's about others. It's about other people. What do you have? What can you help them with? How can you assist them? Where can you be part of your community? What can you do for your community? So that was a lesson that I didn't realize until I was really in my 20s that I was absorbing. And when I was 12, I was a very grown up 
kid because I kind of helped raise all my brothers and sisters. And I was always babysitting and, you know, helping my mother's friends and nobody had any money in those days, you know, and I needed to earn my money for my school books and clothes and things. And I was asked, I said to my mother, I need a job. And she said, you're 12. I said, I need a job. What can I do? So she found out that I could go teach swimming to Girl Scouts and Bluebirds, as they were called. And so I would go every day in the summer and I would do things with these kids and help them have every day of their summer. They'd be learning things and we would read and I would teach them swimming. And and so my ability to think about others and how to help others started, I think, in those times. And then in high school and at university, I mentored all my friends, other students would help. I was good at French. I was good at maths. I would tutor my classmates. And then the last thing is when I was 18, one of my junior high school teachers said to my mother, do you think your daughter would be interested in going to Europe? And my mother said she would jump at it. And she invited me to come along to help mentor these 16-year-old girls, and I was only 18, and to mentor them and help be the organizer to find families for them to visit on Sundays to speak French or Spanish. We went to France and Spain. And my job was to tutor them and coach them and lead them in discovery of Paris and Madrid and the, the places that we went. And I had to make telephone calls in French and Spanish. I had to organize things. So I discovered I was a pretty good organizer. And that became a skill that leaders really need. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I went on a bit. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, that's, that's, that, that's actually the story we want to hear. And I think when we, when, when we, when we come back for a break, um, I want to hear that transition then into um, the kind of uh, positions and some of the work that you've now had the, 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 the I suppose, uh, pleasure, I don't know. <laughs> so it would be, be interesting to find out how you got to be, uh, to be where you are uh, and what, uh, what is it that you're busy with and how, how did that transition from being, because already what I'm hearing in the story, Sunny, is the idea that um, you you already had a, let's call it attribute, a pool. Uh, I use the word ascending. Uh, you already feel in the ascending, being the grown-up, being the, the one in the, in the family uh, that's helping, and then being the one that's helping the community, being the one that helps. So it, it looks like there's this valence, I use the word, there's this valence that pulls us into where we are supposed to be. Yeah? Mm. So in um, at university, I became, okay, so I grew up in the days of drug, sex, and rock and roll in San Francisco. Don't ask me any questions. <laughs> <laughs> and I was an activist, and I was part of, you know, fighting against uh, the Vietnam War and Cambodia War, and then I became very involved in civil rights. And in fact, I met Bobby Kennedy two weeks before he was killed. And we were campaigning for the Democratic um, candidate for the presidential election. And I discovered I had a way of influencing people and, and speaking to them and helping them think about things. But, but what I discovered, I think I thought about later, that leadership is not about foisting your opinion on somebody else, somebody else, not about foisting your opinion 
um, onto your team or your group. And later I went into business and I can, we can talk about that. Um, but, uh, and I first became a television presenter. I was asked to, to, to be a presenter on a women's magazine program. So then I became interested in women's issues and women's votes and, and women's medical issues and their, their, their right to education. And so the thing that is related to that is when I grew up, I was told I could be a teacher or an administrator. That was it. And I said to my mother, we'll think about that. And she also said, your brother's education is more important. And I said, I'm going to fight that to the day I die, that women's education is as important as equal to men. And so I was already starting to have some beliefs that influenced me. But I think the most important thing is that I learned to influence people. You help them think. You help them to think things through. You don't tell them just what you think or believe. That's what I feel is that you help them to think it through. And then you have a conversation. And the most important thing is to be willing to be influenced by somebody else's thinking, to not be so entrenched. And we see this today. And in my, my country that I was born in, you see this, that people think their opinion is the right opinion. Everybody has part of the truth. Everybody has a part of the truth, but we don't necessarily each have all of the truth. And so it's really important to be willing to be influenced by other people. And for me, that's what leadership is about. And so that you bring everybody's voice in and then you make a decision. And, and that's what I discovered in business as I became, and I very quickly became an executive in business. And I had a very interesting business journey until I decided to come out of the corporate world, but I was in it for 18 years. And for me, it was always about helping your team because everybody could be a leader. And so it was never just about you. It was never just about you as the boss. It was never just about you as the leader. It was always about how do we be leaders together? So I think I might have gone a bit off track, what you asked me. But Oh, no, um, no, no. You are exactly on the right track. And then when we come back, when we come back, we will talk a little bit more about, uh, because I think you're already going into the question that I I, I actually want to check a little bit. And I think you answered a little bit of it, but I want to delve into it. What are some what, what, what has been one or two big lessons for you about leadership? But uh, before we do that, we need to take a quick break. Um, uh, we are with uh, Dr. Sunny uh, Stout Roston on Leadership Mondays as she coaches at senior executive and board level and has a wide range of experience as a consultant, leadership development expert, and business strategist over 25 years of international experience. If I can read uh, Sunny's <laughs> CV, uh, we could sit here forever, but I would like for you to actually go and, 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 check, it, and check it out uh, yourself. Um, uh, Sunny, I think they can reach you also on LinkedIn, but I'm looking here, Sunny Stout Restaurant Associates um, uh, page, uh, you will see that it, the, the, all the accolades uh, uh, that Sunny has and some of the clients that she has worked with. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the books, uh, uh, some of the books that uh, uh, you, you've come up with, one of which for me is probably one of the best things that have ever come out of the coaching space. But we need to take a break. So let's, let me let you go and get a cup of coffee, a cup of tea or uh, water or whatever it is that you need to. And then we'll be back in about a few minutes. We need to take a quick quick break. We'll be back.
Hi, this is Dr. Angosi Mafuta. Catch me with Zakeles Banyoni on the Health and Wellness Talk Show every Wednesday, just after 10. You're listening to Vuga Online. You are rocking with the best. Yay, welcome back uh, to Leadership Mondays. And uh, I am with Dr. Sunny Stout Rostron, and we're talking leadership as usual at this time. How are you doing? And if you want to connect with me and you want to ask some questions or you want to add your experiences and you want to just engage at Monga is a Sima Kalima everywhere except on uh, Facebook, uh, except on, on Twitter at MC underscore MAK. I was still young. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was that about. And uh, of course, at Vogue Online Radio. Um, and Sunny, where can people reach you when they want to connect with you? And I know it could be on LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn under Sunny with a U for, for Sunny Sunshine, Sunny uh, Stout Rostron, um, my LinkedIn profile. People can write to me on LinkedIn. That's fine. And I do, I don't reply every day, but I do sort of once a week reply. I have a, I have a website, www.ssra.biz, B-I-Z. So um, ssra.biz. Um and I won't give out my email because I already get about 200 emails oh, no, a no. day. No, 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 no. They no, write no. to me on, uh, on, <laughs> on LinkedIn. I'm very happy to reply and um, answer any questions that people might have. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So, Sally, when we, when we, when, when, just before we took a break, um, you started already moving into, because you spoke about how you got into corporate and some of the lessons, some of the things that you started becoming aware of. So when you look back now, talking about this story and talking about, um, and because it's not the first time that you have this kind of conversation, what is, the, what is the biggest or two biggest lessons you've learned about leadership so far for you? One of the first ones was when I was 21. And a girlfriend and I um, went with $100 to travel around Europe and Northern Africa. I don't know how we thought $100 was going to last. But anyway, we did. And we realized we had to work very soon. So we did things like making breakfast for people in the youth hostels. And then one, um, a couple months down the road, we went to Barcelona with a, a friend who was a student in Paris. We And we used to sleep on the trains and sleep in. That was kind of how we, we traveled. We had cards and passes and things. And, um, and it was easier and we, then, I suppose. Eh? It wasn't yes. a, a, as bad as it is now because that sounds dangerous now. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, with COVID, it's very dangerous. So don't do it during COVID. But you can always get student passes and stay in youth hostels. And it's quite safe. Don't hitchhike ever. You know, that's my advice, but it's quite safe and always be with a friend, always travel with a friend. And I think in that way you can and be careful where you go at night. You know, I mean, we didn't go out at night. So, you know, it was just, you know, we were girls. So, but what happened was we visited um, uh, for Christmas. We went to Barcelona and with a friend who her uh, parents friend was a diplomat or an ambassador for the Americans in Barcelona. And he asked us us three could we because uh, we said well we'll help you with your brunch they were having 65 people to brunch and and he said okay and he said can you make omelets and I said yes and my two friends said no and so he knew we couldn't make omelets but I really really wanted to do the work and so he came in and we did this beautiful breakfast for them and then we were looking at hundreds of eggs and 
he came in and he looked at me and he said, you don't really know how to do an omelet, do you? And I said, well, I do. This is what you do, but I'm terrified to do it ourselves. And he said, I tell you what, he rolled up his sleeves. He said, I'm going to teach you and each one will do one and then we'll, we'll serve. And then it was beautiful. It worked and we learned a new skill. And we, that's what we went on to do as we traveled. We could contact the American embassy and we would offer to do brunches for the diplomat parties. And that's how we survived and traveled for 18 months. And he said to me, he gave me my first lesson in leadership. He said, you always tell the truth to your team. You always tell the truth to your team and you always agree with your team together what you're going to do. I was 21. You know, I mean, that was my first lesson in leadership. It was a good lesson. Yeah, it's a good lesson. And, and I, I want to talk a little bit about that also in terms of how it shows up uh, in, 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 in real life today. But uh, do you have a second one maybe in the meantime before we go there? Um, I would say courage. And when I was an executive in, um, I worked in many different industries. I worked in the IT industry, um, hygiene products. I worked in hospitality. And when I was in hospitality, I didn't have a boss. I was sales and marketing manager. And um, the new boss arrived and he was as tall as up to my shoulders because I was quite tall. And I turned around as he walked in the door and I said, thank goodness you're here. We have so much work to do. And everybody looked at me like, this is the boss, you know, <laughs> and, he, and then when we had our first meeting together, he said, it was so refreshing to meet somebody so passionate to do the work and who is inclusive of everybody who has to be on the team. And that was my second lesson in yeah. leadership. I had no idea that that was yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. And that was my yeah. second lesson. And what I'm hearing, Sunny, also from, from your story, and it's probably just my uh, my own projections uh, into into what you just said. Oh, by the way, guys, you might be hearing a little bit of a scratching of the mic and all of that. If you're not visual, uh, you're not watching us on on YouTube. But um, I I have my mask on because uh, everywhere in the in the office, uh, they, they, I think there's three people with a flu. Uh, we don't know whether it's flu or corona. So these yeah. days, uh, you kind of have to assume. Uh, it's Corona. So I kind of send some people back and then we have some people who are back home and uh, who are back in the office. So I kind of like just figured, you know, I have to keep my, ma- my mask on, but I can't keep my mask on also and have this conversation. So don't go and criticize and say, hey, like, why? Well, how do you have your mask on? So when you hear all of that scratching one, it's because of the mask that I have, but I kind of need to also keep my mouth a bit free. Uh, so that Sunny can hear me, you guys can hear me. So it's, uh, these are the times that we live in, hey? And nothing is easy, but you make do with what needs to happen. Now, I think I was going back to 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 the question around to to the last issue that you that that you raised. What I'm hearing, it probably in both actually the the the, the lessons that you shared now, is that there's something there around authenticity, right? There's something there around uh, just showing up as yourself. That's right. And I think that's the most important thing. Leaders, I mean, one other thing that happened in business when I was in, in, started out in business was you, you played a role. You know, you were a professional and you dressed the part and all that kind of thing. But nobody really knew who you were. 
leadership isn't like that anymore. Now and now with my clients, one of the things I always say to my clients is, let's get to know your team. How are you working with your team? And very often they don't want to talk about personal things. They don't know anything about their personal life and they need to know. They need to understand the values, the culture, um, where their people come from. And particularly in South Africa, where we're so diverse. It's so exciting living in South Africa because people are so different and yet we have a lot of common interests but you've got to be a human being with your people and so you need to know something about them um and that makes me think of something else that i think is really important about leadership which is the ability to manage conflict and tension but we can come back to that yeah, but i can't remember what you were asking me just there don't worry too much about about the answers i think for me <laughs> We, we're having a conversation and I, I meander where the stuff, the, the, the stuff is coming in. I think I was just uh, uh, taking a little bit on that authenticity piece because mm. I, I find that, and you, you cannot just saying it, I, I find that people censor themselves so much um, because for some reason there is this uh, template of how a leader is supposed to be. And then you're showing up looking like this template and Nobody knows who you are. And one of the things that I did on this show, and it's part of my, part of my PhD, was around uh, credibility. And one of the things that comes out from leadership credibility and leadership trust is self-disclosure. And I find that working within corporates, leaders struggle, exactly like you say, with self-disclosure. And God, I, what? Um, I don't, don't you think that people are going to disrespect me because they know too much about me. I said, well, there are things you can, you can um, disclose. We can talk about it, but mm. I will not trust anyone that I, whom I don't know who they are. And then I would take them through an exercise and then they'll go like, oh, about somebody else. And then they will go like, oh, no, I wouldn't trust them. I said, yeah. So why do you think people will trust you? Uh, <laughs> That's so, a very good question. Yeah. yeah so, so so I think you got it. But we need to take a quick break and then when we come back we're going into uh, in in fact we're kind of touching already on it. What are what are the things that some of the, uh, the leaders have to do um in leading in today? And Sanya, I want to talk also a little bit um about um uh, some of the 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 work cuz you keep bringing in the the word diversity. And, and I want to talk a little bit about the, concept, the, the context of diversity today because it feels like it's, it's, it's a hard job to do now to kind of manage diversity when people are not listening to each other. But it's probably just me. Uh, but I want to I test your, your perception about it. You're on Leadership Mondays, and uh, um, I am with the uh, uh, Sunny Star Restaurant, a founding member uh, of the uh, SSRA, as you saw, and then advisory board member with the Professional Development Foundation in the UK um, uh, with, uh, with David Lane. I think I've spoken also with, about David Lane at some point. It, you, you have worked with David Lane at, at some point, right? Sunny? He's my mentor. He's been my okay. mentor for 20 okay. years. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Amazing. One of my three mentors. I have three. That's something I want to talk about to you. Yeah, let's audience. talk about that. Yeah. It keeps coming up to me. So I, I need to find yeah. more mentors. <laughs> <laughs> and she's also founding president of the Commencer uh, at, at the time when uh, coaching was being professionalized in South Africa and, and, and um, research advisor at the Institute of Coaching at the McLean Hospital, the Harvard Medical School affiliate. 
<sighs> I can tell you a lot more, but we need to take some music. As we say, more music, more inspiration. We'll be back after this. Simply the with Vuga Online Radio. VugaOnlineRadio.co.za. That's where you catch us everywhere. But if you're listening to us, it means you are either listening on the app or otherwise are online on our website. So before we, were, before we took a, break, a musical break, Sunny, you, you raised a couple of things. There's just so much to talk about, but obviously we can't talk about everything and I get quite excited. <laughs> but the one thing that keeps coming up in terms, of, uh, in terms of your conversation and that rings a bell for me is twofold. First, you spoke a lot about the American politics um, as they are now uh, as an example of the politics in the world. What is your sense about the state of political leadership in the world right now? Um, I presume you really want an honest answer to that question. Yep, don't you? <laughs> I, I, and and, and to, to, to give you my sense and, and in terms of where this question is, because it's, it's, it's a thing that I'm very, very passionate about right now. I feel that um, we, 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 we need a, a, a lot more work to be done uh, so somebody asked me the other day, uh, I was doing some work in the U.S., and they asked me, Mungazi, uh, if you were to coach for free, who would you coach for free in, in terms of contributing to the development of society? And I didn't even hesitate because it sounded like they are asking for me to go and contribute at the lowest level and do some work there as de- development and what we call corporate social development. I said, no, I do that all the time. It's, it's in my blood. It's easy. It's my grandmother's work, right? Uh, but you know who I want to coach for free? I will coach the G7 for free. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, where, that's, that, that's where this question is coming from. <laughs> yes, I understand. What I think, first of all, that there are a lot of people who do not step into re- leadership roles who would be really, really good in those roles. But it's so difficult to be a politician these days. And it's it's become very politicized to be a politician of any kind. And even to be um, and not just in the G7, but to be, you know, some sort of leader in their environment, their community. Times are very difficult. The second thing, I think, is that pe- as we don't have enough mentoring um, as we grow up. And everyone should have a mentor throughout their lives. You should have the people who have been most successful in life have 12 at least 12 mentors throughout their life. And it's all, and it could be a parent, a teacher, um, a priest, a pastor, a minister, uh, um, a, a rabbi, um, you know, Iman, I mean, it just, you know, whoever um, it is, there will be somebody throughout your life probably that you've gone to for advice and asked for, for help. But you should also, everyone who has been mentored in their life needs to mentor back. You should, I always have at least three people that I'm mentoring every year um, that I don't charge and it's to help them develop and grow. And it's usually around their career and, and difficult times they've had or things they're afraid of or whatever it might be. But in terms of leadership today, we don't have the right leaders in place everywhere. And I think it's because some of the people who would be good in those roles aren't stepping up because it's scary to be in a leadership position these days, whether it's in business, whether it's in politics, but you asked about politics. Um, we, we have become a world divided rather than a world shared. And I speak from what's happening in Europe. I speak from what's happening in the States. 
we're not seeing it in the same way in South Africa. South Africa is a lot more unified, I think, than it even realizes. And if you asked me if you could choose what country you would want to live in right now, where would it be? I would be in Africa. And even though I've lived in Europe, I've lived in the UK, I've come from the States, I have kids in Australia, um, I've traveled a fair bit. I think this is one of the more exciting places to be. And I would always encourage people in young people particularly, to step into leadership positions here and to think about what are some governing positions they would want to be in. And and I think that um, our leaders today haven't had enough mentoring. They haven't, um, and also that they have an ax to grind. They have an agenda. And I don't have to say too much about it, but I mean, we you know, you just look at what's happening in the States and you can see the country is divided 50-50 in terms of what some people believe and what others believe. I think one of the things we've done pretty well in South Africa is there is an ability to listen to other people who come from another culture, another value system, another religion. I've never been in a country where there was the lack of religious tension that I've experienced everywhere else. Um, I'm not saying it's perfect, yes. but um, that I think people accept what another person's spiritual path is, you know, very much so. Um, Maybe it'll come here. We argue about a lot of things. I mean, we have a lot of issues and problems in South Africa. We've come from a really troubled history of slavery and, and, and prejudice and racism and lack of education. And we have a long way to go to put it right. My husband is South African for those people who don't know why I'm here. Um, And I brought him home because he had spent his life as a journalist using his pen to, to, to fight for freedom and democracy for, for, for South Africans. And he's fairly well known. And he, and he was very ill and we thought he was going to die. And I said, you need to go home. It's time for you. And that's how we ended up back in South Africa. And he was, he was told we we didn't know how long he was going to live. That was 22 years ago and he's still here. So it was the right decision. Wow. And he needed to come. Sounds amazing. And I think you've answered, you've answered this question because I think it's uh, when I was also asking um, about, uh, I I was asking also about diversity uh, as well. And I think you kind of have covered uh, have covered on that. But if you were now somebody sitting and listening and going like, okay, so I'm hearing this and we are all divided and and, and we're living in a divided world and I don't want to go to South Africa. Uh, I want to do it. Uh, <laughs> I want to do it uh, in New York where I am. I want to do it uh, in, mm. uh, in China where I am uh, mm. to be able to uh, mm. appreciate diversity more uh, or mm. inspire diversity more. What would be what would be one thing that a leader could do as far as that is concerned? Is be interested in others. Um, one of the things that happens sometimes, you know, when you go to a party or you go to a social event, not that we've gone to very many parties recently, um, is that we don't ask questions of people. We don't find out who are they, um, where do they come from, where did they grow up, how come they're here. Be interested in others. That's what a leader should do is be interested in others be interested in somebody else's language learn how to say their name in their language learn how to say hello and goodbye and how are you in their language i mean there's not very it doesn't take much 
to show somebody that you're really interested in them. And so I think it's about being interested in others and also be willing to share your story if they want to hear it. Um, but don't be the only one who's sharing the sto- their story. I think yeah. that's important. Yeah. And a lot of that you can also find, I think, because uh, I want to I ask you another question uh, before we start wrapping up. A lot of the, what Sunny is saying, I mean, in, in her book, uh, Transformational Coaching to Lead Culturally Diverse Teams, there's like so many other tips because she, she works with real world experiences uh, around this kind of issue. So she's talking quite from experience. And I like what you said about South Africans. I, I don't think as South Africans, we are aware of how, I don't want to use the word advanced, progressive. Yes. Uh, we don't realize how progressive we are in general as, as people. And I think we need to hear that more. So thank you for saying it out loud. And I'm hoping if you're a South African and you're listening, listening to this, because I'm always going like, guys, you don't have to be complaining all the time. It's okay. You guys are fine. Just decide what is it that you want to, to, to say. Sally, we need to start wrapping up. But you, um, two things that come up now as you're talking, because remember, I'm listening to what you're saying, and then I get an extra question. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's coming up for me. <laughs> But uh, you spoke a little bit about now about, about the impact of COVID. Um, how has it impacted you uh, as a person that's working with leaders? And how do you think it has impacted leaders? It's impacted leaders with stress. It's given a lot of stress. It's been very traumatic. And I think what's happened for every family is that some people have lost members of their family. Some people have um, lost colleagues. Um, I was just with um, someone this morning who she's actually my Italian teacher. My, one of my son, my son-in-law is, is, is Sicilian, is Italian. And um, so I'm learning Italian so I can understand my grandson's jokes. And, uh, and she was saying one of her 16 year old students has COVID and is in hospital. I mean, it affects all of us. I was so upset to hear a 16 year old had COVID. COVID has changed our lives. We're working on Zoom. We're working on Microsoft Teams. Um, how it's impacted me, um, it's impacted our family a lot because I actually have, um, a disease. It's the number two dread disease. I'm not afraid to tell people. It's, it's always only diagnosed a year ago, but I've obviously had it for a while. And it's a disease of the gut. And it's in our, I have the gene. It's in our family. And it's very late to get it. I've been told under no uncertain terms am I, I'm not to get COVID because I won't make it. I have my own thoughts about it. I think I might make it if I get it. Um, if I'm lucky, yes. I'm vaccinated. And, <laughs> you know, but it's affected all of us. And it affects my clients hugely because they're managing teams where they're losing members of their teams. They're working online. People aren't working together like you. You're very lucky that you can go to work. You're lucky in one sense and in another, you've got to wear a mask. Um, But it's affected all of us and our future because COVID isn't going to go away. We might be lucky. It might become a normal flu in the next few years, but it has impacted the world. And it's something we have to learn how to live with. And I think we've learned a lot. And, and you know, one of the things that I would say about leadership is to is always to be working on developing your own self-awareness. How do people experience you? And what do you need to learn to do differently? Because 
Leadership is about how you behave. Management is a profession and you can be trained. So um, you need both. You can't lead without managing and you can't manage without leading. Managing is, you know, achieving results through others. Leadership is how you behave, how you role model, how you show up in the world. COVID has impacted that in a big way. And I'll say one good thing that has been a result of COVID. A lot of leaders are more humane. They've had to learn a lot about people. And they've had to understand their people at a deeper level and help their people cope with loss, how to cope with estrangement, isolation, uh, um, not being able to see people in person except at the grocery store or the chemist. So I think it's impacted us in a huge way. But I think one of the things that's come out about it for leaders is I do think leaders have become better at being human beings. I love that. I agree with you. I think we see people's cats uh, walking on the uh, on their laptops and people's babies uh, coming to us. And but what's also fascinating, I think, the learning that comes out of it is when we also give uh, people permission to to be okay with the fact that my cat will be walking uh, on mm-hmm. the screen because I actually have a life uh, which goes beyond my corporate walls, which I no longer have now. So it's been, I, I can't agree with you. So lastly, um, because whew, an hour goes by very quickly, so we no longer have time. <laughs> I have so many questions. And um, as we wrap up, uh, what, what would be, after all that has been said and done, Sunny, a leader listening uh, right now, uh, we didn't even take a break. I was actually supposed to go take another quick break. Uh, oh. That's okay. Oh. That's okay. <laughs> we, we need to go okay. to the news. So as, after all is said and done, if, if, with everything that you said, what would be your concluding advice to a leader listening to this show and then thinking, okay, um, I need to take one thing out of this to go and implement? I have three things, if I can say them. One, the first thing is believe in yourself. Always important. Always know that you have something extraordinary to offer those that you um, impact in whatever way. So believe in yourself always and develop yourself. The second thing is be mentored. Have a mentor. Try to have a mentor, a parent, a teacher, a a boss, a, a colleague, And mentor others, give back. I think that's really important. And continually be willing to learn and develop yourself, developing self-awareness as you go. Those would be the three things I would say. And how are you doing, guys, on that? Uh, If you can score yourself from one to five, five being I do all of that, and one being, and remember, you never really arrive, right? Uh, It's a continuous process. Sunny, thank you so much for the time, the wisdom, and the content that you've given, I think uh, an hour is always, always looks like it's a lot, but it's very little. And so um, we, we always wrap up the show with a song. Um, and I always ask this question. I never prepare people for it because it's always fun to see how they respond when I ask them. So what song would you like for me to play, uh, uh, to, to play out for you that you really, really love? Um. That's so interesting. I don't know the name of it. It's a song by Sting um, that's about, like, you belong to me. I think he wrote it for his child. Okay. That's All the right. song that right. I right. 
really love. Yeah. Uh, so, so do you do you know one or one or two of the words? Uh, you don't have to sing. Um, I don't. Um, okay. You've caught me on the hop here. So but, um, <laughs> this is, this is um, what happens when you put people on the spot. You get to be on the spot yourself. <laughs> I don't know the name of it, um, okay. but but I'm pretty sure it's the one that he wrote to his his um, his, his baby. And if uh, I mean, in any song you choose, would probably do. But um, I'm gonna look for um, this one particularly. We 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 know how to find. We know how to find. Uh, we know how to find these songs, but uh, Sunny, I, I, I won't torture you too much. I'll okay. find it and we will play it. I'm not sure where it's going to be after the news or before, but we'll absolutely play okay. it. Thank you so much. And one of the things I want to thank you for, because um, I've been meaning to say it, and now I have actually an opportunity, and I'm hoping one day there's an opportunity to, re- to, to reprint this book. That business coaching, wisdom, and practice um, I don't know what kind of feedback you have received um, uh, when it came out many years ago and, 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 and what people are saying, but I prescribe it, well, not prescribe, but highly recommend it to almost everyone that comes onto my coaching program because if there's ever been anything that has been written, and I don't find it anywhere in the world, uh, that kind of pulls the, the space of the practice of coaching into into the depth and the, and the width that it is, uh, but in a very simple uh, 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 way, it's that book. So if you, if you guys are not reprinting this thing, you are robbing us. We need more of that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mangezi. In fact, I was asked to write a book for South Africans, and so I wrote that book. Yes. And then I was asked to write, uh, then just to extend it globally, so I wrote Business Coaching, Wisdom, and Practice, which is used all over the world. But then I wrote Business Coaching International, which is I that book. Yeah. But it mentions what's going on in other countries. So, ah. so, and it's, it's, so that's the international version, Business Coaching International. And, this, and, and, and thank you for that. This was my favorite book. Yes. That I've, of all the books I've written, so thank you. And Sunny, we will, it's been updated, but we'll update it again sometime Excellent. Soon. Sunny, we, I, we have to go. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, I, I know you also have another meeting you have to pop into, but thank you so much for all the wisdom. Thank you, Mongezi. I really enjoyed talking to you and your listeners. I wish you all the best and your listeners. Thank you so much. Excellent. That was Leadership Mondays. And uh, I'll talk to you again, God willing, in the new week. And uh, that was uh, Dr. Sunny Stout Rostock. Follow her on LinkedIn uh, if you want to continue that conversation. And I don't know if the song is going to come after the news or if it's going to come now, but uh, that will be Sting and we'll find that song. Have a lovely one. Bye.